Hello, and welcome to Doc Talk, a Podaholics podcast with Dr. Jenna Burton and myself, James Pikeaway. And for the next 50 minutes, we are going to jump feet first into the world of medicine and more as Dr. Jenna walks us through some of the things that are on her mind and are on yours. We're going to really dive into the world of sleep. That's twice I've used that dive, but hey, you know what? We're doing it. We're going to talk about sleep and a whole bunch more right here on Doc Talk. Let's get to the conversation. Well, I think that's the thing with medicine is it's so vast and it's quite funny because as soon as you start doing sort of practicing medicine, everyone thinks yeah. that you know the answer to everything. <laughs> um, and I was, I think, I don't even know whether I told you this before, but on my second day of university, yeah. so, my, so I'd literally done two days of university, my auntie sent me some blood results of my own calls for me to analyze. And I was like, really? I, I don't know anything. I've done two days of lectures, which was just sort of like an introduction to the university. Um, but yeah, people expect you to know everything and you don't because you need, you know, people specialize, they have areas of interest yeah. that they go into. So it's always good to have other people that come that have got that specialist interest and in knowledge. Know, it, it, and by the way, we are coming to you from our podcasting home of the Rove Hotel downtown in Dubai. I got to say, the first thing when you came in, you really like this room as well. It's so nice. <laughs> it's, it, you know, it's funny, but it's like whenever you're going to do any work, you want somewhere that's cozy, but bright and fresh yeah. and clean. And it's just, it's just that. And lightning speed Wi-Fi. This is one of the oh, things. Really? That, yeah, yeah. Free. Easy and to get on. more importantly, the table tennis <laughs> table that is... What, this is the kind of thing. The meeting gets boring. You, you can just play t- table tennis. Yeah. And they've got the paddles and the balls here. So middle of meeting, yeah, it's, it's not going anywhere. Just play. Well, are you any good at table tennis? <laughs> no, crack it out? not at all. But apparently, are you good at table tennis? Um, my hand-to-eye coordination uh, is pretty much zero. <laughs> so no, I, I, I quite like table tennis, but I'm terrible at any sports. It's, um, I know some guys who were boarding school boys in, in England, and they're amazing at table tennis. And I asked them about that, and they said, well, it's because we spent a lot of time playing table tennis in our boarding school. As in, was it something that was taught? I don't know. They just, maybe they would live there, so... Yeah, because that's unusual, because you know how certain sports are performed by certain categories of yeah. people or different classes, say? So, like, rugby is a class of the well-to-do man. Yeah. Um, I, I, I've never really thought about table tennis yeah. in sort it's of where It's not really a fits. sport, but, th- but these guys are, you know, they're the buff six-pack, you know, bench press, really? who knows what, all, totally in shape, and they, they play table tennis without their shirts on. <laughs> I would not tell professional table tennis players that you don't think it's a sport, James. You might I, be in I'm some not serious so trouble. Sure <laughs> that it, you know, I don't know. If you play it quick enough, I guess you get a decent work. Yeah, yeah. Out. Well, you see those guys like back in the high yeah. end, eye hand coordination is a big one too. So yes, that's why yeah, I will yeah. not be. But uh, it's engaging. funny when you talk about all the different areas of medicine you can study because you're really interested in trauma. Yeah. And I never would have thought that in all the times that we'd talking and I don't know. Cause Do you not know that? No, because you were always dealing in GP stuff and yeah. things and, and whatnot. And I always knew a lot of GPs. And in when I, we first got introduced with Andrew Thomas, Digital Nexon, he's the Digigeekster and the Tech Talk dude. Oh, sorry, I got a lot in there, didn't I? You did. Uh, yeah, he well never done. mentioned that. Like he just said, Dr. Jenna. I don't think he knew. So, oh, okay. Because my, my history has always been, I, I went to Australia and I did emergency medicine. See, I didn't know that. Yeah. And How I, did that never come up? Um, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I've had a, a relatively eclectic life because this is my problem in life generally is that I don't specialize. Like, so, you know, some people um, will decide they want to focus on one thing. And I think we were told many, many times um, throughout sort of university and then early careers, you should find your area of interest and just focus on that. Yeah. You know, that's just not me. I, I like... <laughs> <laughs> do that little bit of everything yeah. um and so I've, i have done quite a wide like variety of things but the things that i like the most are actually intensive care okay um and orthopedics oh so i, I nearly did orthopedics i really was considering it but what, I what, had, what turned the tide to not go towards ortho um i think it's very difficult to talk about yeah. but <laughs> some of the orthopedic surgeons can yeah. be a little boisterous uh, and as a female in that industry yeah, okay. It can be difficult. Um, and I just, like they say, birds of a feather flock together. And yeah. I found that the place that I felt most comfortable in the hospital tended to be an ICU around anesthetics and theatres. Okay. Uh, sorry, not, not theatres. I meant in like trauma units. Yeah. That's where I, like, like-minded people tended to be. Okay. However, I have done lots of GP type work as well. Mm. 
Um, and the two, it's all very general medicine. It's just on whether it's highly acute or whether it's yeah. more outpatient based. Okay. Very interesting. But so you, the bases are well covered then. Uh, yeah, sort of, um, because I'd, I'd, I'd never say fully covered because there's just so much mm. in medicine. I don't believe there's any doctor that's not learning every day, you know, and if, and if you're not, you've got to ask yeah, yourself you why. <laughs> you know, there's always something to learn. And um, what's great about the UK now is that it's quite a flat structure. So it is perfectly reasonable for a medical student, um, a, a foundation doctor to turn around and, and say to the consultant, did you read this last night that, that came, or something that came yeah. up on the news? or they've, they've altered the dose of such and such because this has been found. And years ago when I first started, that would absolutely not have been allowed. You know, it, it was very hierarchical. Yeah. Um, and now... You want to make them look bad. You don't, yeah. you, don't, you don't make your attending look bad or, whoa, you're in trouble. Uh, well, it's, it's okay now. It's, yeah. it's, it's kind of uh, accepted that we're a team and that we will all have different areas of knowledge. And uh, it's just that ultimately the final decision rests with the consultant. Well, I guess access to information has changed as well. Yes. So the, uh, the opportunity to be reading online and reading from Europe and North America and then back to Australia and stuff that's happening, it's all out there. And so you've got to be tuned into all these things or you miss out. Very much so. Um, I mean, I remember, again, when you would learn about, so say say you suddenly started to learn about the kidney, yeah. you'd have to go away with a huge book on renal diseases and it would be, you know, £100 <laughs> and you'd be walking yeah. like back at home <laughs> and, and your bags were so heavy because the textbooks yeah. were so big. And now I, I believe that they don't really tend to have textbooks because they become out of date so quickly. Mm. Um, everybody instead is on a site called Up to Date, which is renewed daily. You know, wow. the, the information's coming in so thick and fast and quickly that you yeah. really have got to do sort of a bit of daily reading keeping up with that is just incredible i mean and and you expect your doctor whether they're gp if they're working in er trauma or surgery you want them to be up to date but who has the time well, this yeah. is the thing is that you you don't and you can't keep up to date with every single thing yeah. all times the most important thing is that you're safe and then when you then need to have that specialist intervention, that specialist should be up to date on their specialist interest. Right. So you've got a safe doctor that knows, uh, has a really good like overall knowledge, and then they point you in the right direction for where you need to be. Um, and I think that's how the system works quite well. Um, the difficulty becomes, and we've had this discussion before, when people go straight to the specialist and they yes. forget to go to the directing doctor because the specialist is so narrow on what they know. They'll have a good idea, but really you could do with just someone directing you and checking everything else yeah. is okay first. The the big thing I'm reading in Canada these days, uh, especially in some of the you know, Nova Scotia, Eastern provinces, is the number of people who don't have a GP. And the numbers are yeah. staggering, like 50,000 people in one province, no GP. They just there's just not enough doctors to service the the clientele, and it's scary. So, what are they doing there at the moment? I, they, I guess. So, if you don't have a doctor, you're going to walk-in clinics and mm. and other things. But there's no one tracking, following you. There's no one. You don't get to know anyone from, you know, your teens on through till that person retires. So, no one has your your long-term history. It's it's kind of ad hoc medicine. It's kind of happening more and more actually because mm. people like to take control of their own healthcare, which is great. Yeah, and I totally agree with that. But, but you want them to be traveling with the entire file yes, so they can exactly. dump it on you. And Absolutely. Say. And and so uh, people think that they are totally up to date with things and, and they're not necessarily. And so it doesn't give the clinic time or yeah. the ability to remind them of when they're due for certain tests, um, certain investigations, like even just like well man, well woman checks over 50, yeah, yeah. like really important things. That yeah, I need to get one of those. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> you do, James. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's actually, I was, I was saying that. It's like, man, I'm so busy and school terms coming to an end and there's gonna be like i said you know what i gotta go see my ophthalmologist i should go get a checkup and all these things I said, yeah i gotta do that it's, it takes time though it, it does and i used to be of the opinion that it was a bit of a money-making thing yeah, yeah. and why would you be testing people that were completely fit and healthy yeah. and then having done lots of well man and well um, woman checks the amount of things that we found well, i haven't had a cholesterol really check in a while and so i thought you know i should probably just get some blood drawn and just see what's going on just even to have a chat you know you don't yeah. need to have a whole wide well, array it. of investigations yeah. you just need to go and have a chat talk about your symptoms your family history yeah. um what things you have suffered with uh, and then it, you can create a tiny management plan and that might be just yeah. the few basic blood tests nothing 
well, major. That's it. Yeah, exactly. And it can, but it can be fundamental to yeah, you. I thought I'd better do that. It's been a while. Yeah. So that's something to put on the diary for yeah. today. <laughs> yeah, this afternoon. <laughs> every, make no, every day my wife says, "Have you called?" No, I got, I got to just see what times they're looking like. But and it's not, it truly, it's not uh, apprehension or anything. It's just, I just got to get around to it. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's, it's not easy. And this is why telemedicine's coming in so much mm. as well because people can't make it to the GP. Yeah. So instead, they're just picking up the phone and using an app to talk, have a quick conversation with somebody. It's almost like medicine on the go now, isn't it's, it? Well, it's almost going back to host calls, right? Yeah. I, mean, I, I think that could really worry. It's, I could really get into that again. And I know it's, we got away from house calls and I think that, you know, not even house calls, come and visit me at work. That would make it really easy. Again, that, that, that definitely is a big thing in Dubai. Yeah. A lot of companies will have either doctors on site or they'll have companies that are call out to yeah. bring somebody to I'd work. I'd like that. My company doesn't do that. Yeah. I, I, I really would like that. I think that would make it pretty easy. Lunch hour, make my appointment, go down and have a, a chat and get things checked up. I, I, I honestly think, though, that that's the way it's going because it's trying yeah. to... We live in such a fast-paced life and it's trying to fit in important things like that and, and nowadays employers are realizing the importance mm. of making sure that their um their staff are healthy because yeah. i mean i don't know whether i ever told you this but um i think when we first met or just before we met i used to work with companies to try and get their yeah, employees yeah. fitter and get healthier and um and the the amount of value in doing that and and if you pay out for a doctor say or sort of like a few nursing staff you get that return easily just on less sick days um happier more productive staff so it's it's a big thing now isn't it wellness in the workplace yeah and it's just figuring out how to make it work <laughs> just and you know logistics just logistics one of the things we started talking about before we we put on the old recorder was sleep and <laughs> i mean you've got twin boys <laughs> My and, lack of. oh man but you don't look you don't look tired at all so That's it. thank you uh but james i've got a serious <laughs> amount of makeup on the go so I, I, my eyes are in my boots. Um, yeah, we. I think anyone that has children, and I'm sure you've been through it as well. It's just my it's, children used to always get sick on a Thursday afternoon. That was and, kind. And and or a Friday morning. I mean, I don't know how many times. And I had one boy who had always got ear infections, and it was without doubt you'd be driving Thursday at nine o'clock, coming back from somewhere. They'd be sleeping in the back, and you'd start to hear a whimper, and it's like, oh no! And you say, what's going on? You know, Daddy, my ear. It's like, Aww. you're joking. It's it, how, where, when, why? Come on. It's inevitable. So, But, but children, they do get sick a lot. Yeah. Um, they get sick. That disrupts the sleep. The teething, that disrupts the sleep. And having children is... I forgot about teething. Yeah. Oh, that was a long time ago. Yeah. <laughs> and it goes on for a while. It does. I thought we'd be done like months ago. <laughs> So my boys are 18 months and I really thought we were done with the whole teething thing. And then I kind of looked at the teeth and I thought, no, you don't have everything through yet. Yeah. Um, so we're still going through that. Oh, and when yeah. it's bad, it's really bad. You got two. Yeah. And they are they pretty well, off. are they well timed on things? Are they, they like to take it in turns. Oh, okay. So, that's really nice. I mean, it is kind <laughs> because when they both wake up, it's completely chaotic. It's just yeah. madness in the house. Um, but at the same time, that means that it, there's never really a time that you're, sleeping yes you know if they if they tag team um and funnily enough i met like, yeah, yesterday evening with uh, two friends that also have got twins um dubai's full of twins aren't they i know it's i think it's the air yeah <laughs> or the ivf <laughs> one or the other um and um they were all saying about how sleep deprivation oh. is the thing that gets them the most and and that sleep deprivation just goes on and i you know and not that i want to throw any water on that there's light at the end of the tunnel but i mean i got a 22 year old <laughs> and and that 22-year-old, I'm like constantly stressed thinking about things that they're doing and that he's doing yes. because, you know, has he made the right decision? I know he's making his own decisions. And sometimes I like to think that, yeah, he's made the right decision, but that might not have been the best right decision, you know? And it's like, oh, and I, and, and I have no control and I'm losing sleep over it. You know, <laughs> It's just, it's a different, it shifts, doesn't it? Yeah. I suppose, because I can't imagine when my boys are going out and they're going out of a night time and they might come in a little bit later. I mean, how do you sleep in that circumstance? Yeah. How do you actually get yourself off to sleep? Yeah. Um, but I think it's something that loads of people suffer with because if you're highly stressed at work, yeah. people don't sleep. People yep. that are depressed don't sleep. Um, it's amazing the number of people who I meet who are sleep deprived and are just yes. tired and how that, in, how that impacts on the way they are at work, their moods, the quality of work they're doing yes. and the way they solve problems. Because if they're tired and stressed and... 
not, you know, just their minds just aren't functioning necessarily in a linear fashion well, that allows for, for decision making to happen in, a, in, a, in an effective manner. Absolutely, because um, I actually can't remember the name of this particular hormone, but there was a study that was done to show that um, as you become more and more sleep deprived, this hormone increases to the same level as somebody that was inebriated, that really? had been drinking alcohol. And the concern is I actually lost a friend, uh, it wasn't a close friend, but a gentleman that I knew when I was um, sort of a, a younger doctor um, who was killed on his drive home from a night shift. Oh, no. And sadly, that is something that's relatively reoccurring because people are so tired and so sleep yeah. deprived. They normally haven't slept particularly well in the day that it shows that they can't manage a vehicle particularly well. And what does that say about the way that they're able to care for mm. their patients too? Yeah, yeah. Um, and it wouldn't be allowed in another industry. And yet we don't, we're not careful or strict enough about making sure people get rest periods and sleep. That's a big one, isn't it? In the workplace, in whatever workplace, making sure that you get that rest. And and talking about it, people, it's sort of, you know, you're, you're talking about how you know the boys are keeping you up and this and that. And, we talk about it, but okay, it's great to know, and it's and it's almost like I said, oh, don't worry, it's going to get worse, or you know, but we don't have any. We, there's lots of empathy, but okay, so what are we going to do about it? How yes. are we going to accommodate this? And, well, and we don't talk about that. We don't, but it is something that's a little bit on the rise. It's it's quite topical at the moment, mm-hmm. uh, and a lot of companies are, are developing sleep pods, aren't you, they? You, you know who does that in in Dubai? Huawei. Oh, do they? The They're your favorite. I, I love their phones. Yeah. And I know some people, but I really do love their phones. And, and I've visited their offices here in Dubai and they have sleep pods. And the last time I was, I haven't been there in a, in a few months, but the last time I was there, actually, they were, be, they were all being used because I said, yeah, maybe I could grab a half hour in there. And they said, ah, they're all in use. Uh, it was, they, there seemed to be a lot of, of women who were pregnant and they were all having naps. Oh. Yeah. In the sleep pods, and it but it allows them to stay in work longer, and, and it's encouraged. They want people to be using them, and they've got an attendant who freshens them all up and go go again. Isn't there a cafe in Dubai as well that's Ooh, got sleeping know. pods? I don't know. I'm sure there is in like um, Al Kuh somewhere, but it, it is a great idea. So years ago, I I um, went to spend some time in Spain, and I worked as a waitress there. Okay, um, <laughs> it's a Spanish restaurant, or it was a Spanish restaurant. Yeah. Um, you speak and I Spanish. Uh, a tiny bit. Okay. So at the moment, I'm trying to teach my children uh, Spanish and they're going to learn the worst Spanish in the world because I can say the odd <laughs> word here and there. Um, but no, I, I did. And I lived like the Spanish. So I, I had a siesta in the middle of the day. Nice. Um, and I would stay up a little bit later and I, but I would still be able to get up early. And I found that breaking the day in the middle with a little sleep just mm. helped me through. And, and we used to do that here. Yes. And and the Emirates, depending on which Emirate you're in, if you had to Umel Coin and Ras Al there are parts of their, that they, they still do that. You, you, you drive through them and they're shuttered. Uh, heading through to Abu Dhabi and once you're outside the city, there's, there's parts when I've, I've been through during the day that look like they're abandoned and then at night it's, it's a metropolis. And we used to, this, is, this was the Middle East as well, but it's slowly been clawed back the Western 20, you know, work your, your eight hour day, nine hour day straight through and yeah, I think that might have been a mistake. Do you know, I, when you're talking then, I, I can feel like this surge inside me because I've more recently, I feel exceptionally, exceptionally strongly that humans are just going against how we're meant to yeah. function. And I'm not saying that when, that everybody is meant to function on sort of waking up at nine o'clock, going to bed for a few hours at, at one o'clock. You know, it, yeah. everyone is different. That's the point. But the way and the modern world that we live in, we don't allow each other to live how we are comfortable and how we get the most out of ourselves how we are more healthy we, we don't allow that some people do need more sleep than yeah. eight hours some people need a lot less yeah. and we should be able to listen to our own instincts shouldn't we really I, I think a nap time works i mean i i often will come home from work and if i'm lucky to get home early at you know two thirty, three o'clock have a nap yeah have a good half hour nap and i feel great yes sometimes you- in the office just put a pillow on the chair and and have a nap i've got a face mask and just have a nap and, and, you know, no one seems to care. Do you, do you get embarrassed when students arrive and your hair's all sort of nah, skewed at the back? They, no, they, they just kind of, they just, they just roll with it. <laughs> That's good. As long as they're, <laughs> as long as they're cool. It's colleagues, you know, say, what are you doing? Having a nap in there? It's like, yeah. It's like, <laughs> okay. You know, it's like, wow. Well, that's it. It's frowned upon. But then I bet you 
or potentially could be more productive in the afternoon. I think, so. I think you're, I, what I usually find, and, and a lot of people, you're, you're just kind of hitting that low. So, you know, it's Ramadan now. So obviously you're not going to make, you know, you're not going to have your hit of water or whatever thing in, in, at that period of the day. But in, in a normal non-Ramadan working situation, I think two things I find happening. People are, are just grossly dehydrated inside yes. buildings. And, and B, once they sort of hit that low part of their day, when they just need to close their eyes and just re, re, rejuvenate a little bit. But A, people, like you said, it's kind of frowned upon and it's like, oh, it's weakness. Yeah. and um, Power through. <laughs> and it, it's kind of like more accepted for people that are observing Ramadan. And I totally agree with that. Yeah. But I also think sometimes Ramadan can be tough for people that aren't used to it. You know, so effectively, if you're working in a, an office that's observing Ramadan, um, then that is people that have not spent many years getting mm. used to not eating, drinking yeah. uh, during the day. And you, you do, you follow those rules as you should, you yeah. know, to be respectful to everybody around you. But at the same time, that's tough. Yeah. Um, and they could probably do with taking that rest period as well. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, because it's a long day. I think I think just to observe it. And, and that's where I often see that, you know, a little bit of the frustration hit in with, with people, especially near the end of the fast yeah. where you've got, and, and it's, you know, it, it, this, there's lots going on physiologically mm-hmm. and mentally in that last hour. I some it's it's kind of the time you don't want to be on the road. Well, that's it. It's when you become exceptionally hypoglycemic, so all your blood sugars drop, and you yeah. become like very irritable mm. and angry. Um, but interestingly, um, when you have been starved of sugar for a while, you also um, become like your predator instinct kicks in a bit more. Oh, okay. You heard this? No. So um, your pupils constrict so that you're more focused and you're looking mm. more straight ahead. Um, you become um, you're able to sort of work faster. So after you've got through that initial period of feeling a little bit lethargic, you actually get a surge of energy and adrenaline. Wow. And it's from years ago where you then need to go out and try and find food. So some people say they feel almost euphoric when they reach that really? state. Yeah. Okay. Um, and it's it's the body's mechanism to try and get them to go out and get something to eat. Huh. Um, so you've got to get through the grouchy period and the lethargic yeah. period. But then once you get through that, and it's normally when you start to burn fat as well, mm. you start to use your fat as energy, you become like really euphoric great um i mean i've fasted before and i have to say it is a, it is it, it, it's quite is, a nice feeling oh yeah. yeah and i think over the holy month it, it is really it's it's really uh, impressive to see how people change and and just adapt and yes. develop and and take on you know in, in some senses both a, a healthier physical and psychological environment i think it's it's really interesting doesn't it show you though how greedy and indulgent yeah. we are generally it is. yeah yeah if that's how people can live and survive well and i think there's uh, going back to the sleep in in the case of you know if you work for the federal government you're, you've got a five-hour work a work day yes and the, so that's accounting for a whole bunch of things but the five-hour work day kind of works and people are a little bit more rested because you know they're having that nap and then they're doing their things in the evening and then you know they're they're getting up and they're they're doing what they need to do coming to work and then going home and those five hours work well isn't it in sweden where people aren't allowed to work of a weekend or of an evening time makes sense yeah so I'm in the middle of doing this, um, doing a, a master's in health policy, okay. and we had to do something about leadership. And they were explaining about how now a lot of companies, again, are realizing that to have healthy staff that have had time to switch their minds off from work um, and to have time with their children and to be happier individuals yeah. generally have time to go to the gym are more productive for those the time that they are in the workplace and that there was this lady that was disciplined because she was answering emails of an evening time oh, and she was called into <laughs> wow. the office and said we don't do that here wow. we, we don't want you to make people feel guilty um and so she was sent away and told whatever she does she's not to open a laptop of night time okay how nice is that? Yeah, though? I think that's really nice because how uh, how many how many often do you or how many emails or calls or things do you get outside of those hours? And I guess there's situations where you need that, but for the most part, you don't. But it and it's wearing us down. Yeah. Like you can see, and um, you get tired. You get tired, um, and also when I go into a shift, say in in A and E. Uh, all you all you can see on the board is mental health, mental health, mental oh, health, yeah. suicidal idolization, mental health, and it's it's because we're not. I don't believe anyway um, that we're meant to live in such a stressful existence. Yeah. 
And it's, sometimes we've got to take it upon ourselves as well to look after ourselves. And it's it's just go, 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 yes. go. A little bit of downtime. I mean, I track my sleep. I mean, I, 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 I look at this tracker that I've got and I think there's a window for when you're rolling around and whatever. But I mean, I'm not getting enough sleep and I, I, I get a lot of sleep and I'm not getting enough according to the trackers that I'm using. I'm getting like six and a half, seven hours. Really? If I'm lucky, 545 seems to be the average hours of sleep. And it's like, how is that? How, how can you live off that? And amount? are you feeling tired? I, I, you know, there are times. There are times when it's just and, and probably, you know, professor complaining is you know when you're in the grading season there you know you feel i feel a little bit more worn down but there are times yeah i'll wake up and it's like oh i didn't sleep well i i could stay in bed for another hour or two yeah but you've got to get up because it's time to go into work yeah you got to get up and do your stuff and get breakfast ready and get lunches ready and there you go and you're you're expected to perform and be at the meetings and be there not just in body, but in mind. Yeah. I, I mean, I wonder years and years ago when we were cavemen, how much sleep they used to get. I wonder. they kind of got that much because it think, would have been a bit chilly. Uh, I don't know. I think they probably got a lot of sleep. You know, sleep whenever you just need a nap. I'm thinking, you know, go hunting, have a nap. It would be quite curious, actually, to sort of research. I'm sure there is some research out there. You that's know, that's the one thing I never hear them talk about. We hear what they, what they ate, yeah. what, you know, what, kind of, what kind of tools they might have had. No one ever talks about their sleep habits. Maybe we just don't know. But no, I've never heard anyone mm. hypothesize that. Well, I suppose it'd be quite difficult for them to yeah. to sort of prove like how, how much sleep they had. Yeah, yeah. Th- I'm sure there's very little evidence. But I'd find that fascinating just to know because like they, they believe, don't they, that years and years ago um, they did do things how as humans we were mm. meant to. Um, so they could run ultra marathons, they felt, and they, they were able to hunt. Um, and people that can live now probably wouldn't have survived then, you know. Yeah. Um, and I'd be so curious to know how many hours they did sleep. Cause, yeah. And because they, isn't it like an arbitrary figure they feel that eight wonder, hours of sleep? Yeah, yeah. I wonder if, it, you know, sunrise, sunset. I know so many people who, mm. were, you know, when you meet folks who are, you know, out in the wilderness or whatever they're doing, camping and that, a lot of times people, you know, sun goes down, okay, dinner and it's time to go to bed. Sunrise is time to get up. And it's, it's governed by that system, which that's not so bad. It isn't. But what if you live near one of the yeah, poles? You're and done you're, for. Yeah. <laughs> in <laughs> winter, you hibernate. You're for, uh, done for. <laughs> Can you imagine? I couldn't do it. No, no, absolutely not. I can't like, do the dark. I can't do the dark. You know, seasonal adaptation disorder. I think when I lived in in Canada, I I'm sure that I had that. I used to always. I need a light. A lot of people say that in England, actually, yeah, it's I quite a big thing. It's sad syndrome. Yeah, yeah. Word, don't they? Um, I don't know how you prove that, but I just felt. I just felt like I needed. I just. I just felt. Ugh. I don't know. It, it, you say you can't prove it, you, you, you can't. But from taking a decent history from somebody, you can yeah. actually elicit whether it's that basically they've just had too much winter and they're, yeah. they're ready for a bit of sunshine. And you, you really notice it. It suddenly gets, it's sunny out and, and the people at the, yes. the terraces and the restaurants, they're all happy. People are happy. And then it rains for a week and it's like, oh. yeah. Although, <laughs> have you not found though, living in Dubai, that sometimes when it's raining, you get a little bit excited. Yeah, yeah I do. Yeah, <laughs> I, I do. Because I definitely say I was someone that sort of uh, verges on the sad syndrome as well. So um, in the UK, we call it seasonal affective disorder. And it's yeah. just when you haven't seen enough sun and you've been in the winter and the dark nights are drawing sort of at four or five o'clock, people start to get themselves a bit down. Yeah. Um, but funnily enough, now that I've been in Dubai a lot more, I quite like those cozy nights. Yeah. And when you go back to England in the um, Christmas time and it's like, oh gosh, it's dark at five o'clock oh, yeah. and it's quite cozy. <laughs> And you sort of start to appreciate the things you've never had before. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, one of the things that, that's on our list, we were, and we've talked a little bit about this, and it, there was a, a great article that I'd read by uh, someone who's, it's just a, Jessica Henning, actually, and it's talking about eating disorders. And this is uh, sort of, you are worthy of love is, is the title of this. And she basically wrote herself a letter. And she says, you know, I wish that I had had this letter. She wrote it to her teenage self sort of a guidebook on how to think of body image and and think of all of the, the all of these things that go together because there are so you know it, I find it really odd when we talk eating disorders because it's so well documented there are so many people talking about it there are songs there are pop stars there are just you know normal everyday people yet it still happens so much and it's so prevalent with our our teenagers boy boys and girls 
who who have have serious eating disorders that are yeah. really affecting them. It's it it is, and I guess it's one of many coping strategies that people have to live in, as we've talked about today, this sort of stressful modern day world. So some people will turn to alcohol, some people will turn to drugs, some other people turn to the manipulation of food. Yeah. So you know, we always think of an eating disorder as somebody that is, you know, starving themselves, but that that's just scraping the surface. Anorexia is a form of eating disorder. Um, but there's also people that will binge only at night time. Um, there are people that will binge throughout the day. There are people that will binge and vomit. There are people that will binge and spit out food. You know, there's a whole yeah. array of different things. And then there's a cyclic um, anorexia with bulimia where they will starve themselves for a while and then they will be bulimic for a bit so they will they will eat and then they will purge and oh, then they'll yeah. be anorexic for a while so and it's a very chaotic way of living yeah. um and sadly it is becoming incredibly incredibly common um because food is something that's so readily available and it's a very yeah. easy way to try and take control back in your life mm. um is to use food to do that and especially in um i want to say like people that are high achievers because they might feel they're not necessarily around the alcohol, the drugs quite as much. So food becomes like a really ready thing for them to, yeah. to go to. Um, and a lot of it is about trying to disappear, which um, I don't think is disappear. always... Yeah, a lot of people don't always get that. But um, with anorexia, effectively, you are trying to disappear because mm. you don't want to be seen. You don't want your um, flaws to be seen um, yeah. or your your bad bits. Um, and the same for bulimia, actually, um, or, or binging is that being there lost within food, you mm. know, you get a massive surge of blood sugar, you get quite lightheaded. Um, and whilst you are eating, it's almost like you go inside yourself whilst okay. you're eating. And it, so it is, it's just a, like an escape mechanism. So so if if you suspect maybe a friend or someone, a family member is, is in one of these cycles or is just having some of these, you know, some version of an eating disorder. How do, how do we deal with that? It, like, so it, it's so like, hard. Everybody, yeah. everybody asks me this question. Like um, there's no, because there's no magic trigger here and, and everyone's different. But I just, I just find it so worrisome. And it worrisome in the fact that you like to think that you could do something, but maybe you can't. And it's like you're, you're, you're sort of got a ringside seat watching things happen if you clue into it. Yeah. I mean, you've definitely got to try, but you have to be so gentle about it. And I think this is the, this is the part mm. that most people really struggle with. So, um, one technique or one thing that people will think to do is to effectively shout at their children yeah. uh, or their friends and say, look, what are you doing to yourself? And start to get quite annoyed. But you're talking about somebody that might not look vulnerable, but is incredibly vulnerable. The fact that they've got this big secret or they're, um, they're, they're so desperate that they are trying to escape. You know, I mean, yeah. this is someone that is really sort of um, very delicate and should be handed, handled delicately. The other thing is people with eating disorders tend to be trying to take control back into their own lives for whatever reason. Um, they say generally, even people in the workplace, th those that are happiest are the ones that tend to have control of their own destiny oh, okay. and of what they're doing. So again, eating disorders, it's, it's a way of trying to take control and you're manipulating food to take control. So if you then sort of march somebody off to the doctors immediately and you treat them like a child uh, and allow them to be babied, they're going to resist quite strongly. Hmm. Um, not everybody. I'm, I'm saying this is a very general yeah. rule, and which is again <laughs> the problem, right? It's it's easy to paint when we we talk about eating disorders and and there's you know body image things. I mean, it's such a wide area of study. Yeah. It's easy to paint with a, a paint roller here and and really miss out on some of the nuance. Well, exactly because. You could look at somebody and they don't look like somebody with an eating disorder, but yet they could be very controlling, very regimented about their mm. food. Um, I can't actually remember the, the definition, but there was a newer type of eating disorder that came out where people will only eat healthy foods. So they will not eat well, anything that is considered to be unhealthy. Okay. And it sounds great. It, it sounds does like, sound great. Uh, <laughs> how can that be bad? They're, you know, they're, they're, yeah, that's what we want people to do. But it's the mental stress and the obsession that goes oh. with it. So, so if, if, there, if there isn't a healthy option, they're not eating. Yes, and they become very distressed and oh. very obsessed. And that's it's not a nice way to live. You know, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, 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 not, it's a stressful existence. Um, but the, the main I wonder how many of, people have that those issues yeah. because I mean that's become the thing now, right? It's 
eating organic, eating yeah, the list goes on. It's not and it's not helping, James. Like um you know, we talked about social media. Oh. Um oh. just media generally. Um I as a child even I never bought women's magazines because they would have um even like the lovely, lovely Princess Diana, who was a yeah. real idol to me, they would have circled a patch of cellulite on her leg. Which, oh, come on. which every normal person yeah. after a certain age is gonna have. And it's not even about fat, it's about yeah. sort of the the skin as well and the membranes. It's a bit more yeah. complicated. Different women have and different women this will it will happen to them differently. Yes. And it's also um these days, more so than just about being skinny, it's about looking like very lean, very muscular, but with yeah. very low body fat. Yeah, good luck. Not <laughs> everyone. I, mean, I know, but I mean, you know, maybe I don't know what the percentage is. I, I looking around, I would, and looking at gyms, and I, you know, I frequent a gym at, at fortunately where I work, which is great. But you, you know, you see the different people who come in there. I don't know, four percent, five percent might have that kind of a body type, yes. and the rest of the people I kind of look around and say, pretty normal. And if they're trying to be that lean, muscular, you know, the the person who's on the front of fitness magazines, good luck. I don't think they can ever get there. Well, <laughs> did I ever tell you about, I did a blog ages ago called Anorexia to Arm Curl, and it was about trying to compare the the, the eating disorder what, world. What, where's your blog site? Where do we find, are you still blogging online? Yeah, no, no, I, I still do. So it's um, Dr. Jenna um, or Dr. Jenna Burton and it's on, you know, like Twitter, yeah. Facebook, Instagram. But there were a few years ago, I think it was back in, end of 2015 okay. 2016 back, yeah back. you have to scroll right back although it's on my, it's on my website maybe um, same place dr jenna burton yes okay. yeah i mean it's the same um so go find go go check it out because this is a, a great resource and, and you post up lots of cool stuff more, I, more before but maybe it's because you're busy but there's still stuff going up because i still see things happening on insta definitely definitely a lot less active <laughs> than it was but my time has sort of diminished somewhat yeah. greatly and of a night time when i was maybe still quite active i'm 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 done for yeah. um but yeah, it's a shame I didn't really, um, uh, I, I haven't really sort of, maybe I need to go back to that yeah, one yeah. at some point because it was just, I, I put, it. well, I put myself through the uh, the cycle of trying to be a physique model to okay. prove how difficult it was oh, and yeah. how actually nobody or very rarely do people walk around looking like that on a day-to-day basis. They've had to dehydrate themselves for photo shoots, had to pump themselves up with sugar. They've been exceptionally calorie depleted. Um, it's a whole lifestyle really? involvement and you miss out on so much life in the process. You look good in the pictures, but that's it. <laughs> <laughs> but that's it. Like I, I felt nice at the time, but yeah. it was just so hard. Like I, I couldn't even, one night I got in, I couldn't even talk to really? my husband because I was so tired and hungry um, and I just said, James, I can't have this conversation until um, I've had something to eat. Um, and you, there was one time I was exercising twice a day. My calories were so low. Um, and, and I was doing it with a lady who is exceptionally like honorable and did yeah. it in the safest way possible. So there are other ways to do it that are, are not so safe. So what do those people go through? This, this is the, always the thing that, that always sits in the back of my mind. And, and yeah, I like to exercise like, like everyone and, and I like to follow a, you know, a good diet, maybe a lean diet, or what is the word we use? Clean diet. Clean, yeah. Clean diet. Well, clean I'm not quite, lean, sure, not quite, quite close, sure what yeah. that means, but a clean diet. And all I keep asking, and, I, and I've had you know people that we follow online and we see them, and people around around here in Dubai, you might follow, and, and who've done that. And my big thing is, can you sustain it? Yes. So if you're working in the fitness industry, it's your job. Maybe you can. But the normal person like me... Yeah, that's a hard thing to do for the rest of your life is keep up that twice, a, you know, whether it's you know, once a day exercise routine where you're doing these things. I mean, we want to do it, but it's a lot. It's a lot. Do you know that a lot of people, um, going back to eating disorders, a lot of people that are bulimic or binge eaters used to be anorexic. Really? And the body will only allow, not always, again, I have to say that for everything because that's the same in every aspect of medicine, um, not always, but largely, you your body won't allow you to continue to starve yourself. At some point, there will be an overriding thing where mm. all of a sudden you need to just try and take in as many calories as possible. And that's how a lot of people become bulimic huh. binge eaters because it is impossible to sustain that. Like you're effectively yeah. going against what your mind and your body wants to do. So, yeah, I, I mean, I agree. I think the normal person should be celebrated um, <laughs> yeah. because that's what is going to be long-term, safe, uh, healthier, 
um, better for you yeah. and sustainable. Well, social media is such a, a problem as yeah. well. I mean, I, I mean, I follow a lot on Instagram, the, a lot of these running things, because I mean, I do my 5K four times a week, or I, I try to do it every day, but there's usually, well, when I podcast, it doesn't quite work because I do it at work. And so, you know, I do my 5K and maybe a, a little bit of body weight exercise. Nothing spectacular. I mean, I'm, I'm no superhero. It's just, I just, I, I call it my therapy. Yes. <laughs> and, but what becomes interesting about with that, that whole mix is, is I, I start looking at it and, and when I follow the Instagram photos of the running stuff, these people look awesome. And yeah. I, and I, I look at You them. look great, James. What yeah. are you talking about? <laughs> but I, I look at them and then I look at me running in the mirror and I go, I don't look like anything like these people look like. How can they possibly do it? And then, and then I kind of look at them and I say, hold on a second. I'm in like my 50s. That person looks like maybe they're in their 20s. I hope they look like that when they're in their 20s. But it's but you you still look at it and you're constantly comparing yourself saying, oh, my legs don't look like that or my abs don't look like that. or It's like I find it very, very uh, counterproductive. No, it is. And I don't think we're supposed to compare ourselves to so much that, you know, yeah. that we do. But you also have to remember a lot of these people that have their photographs taken, this is their job. Yeah. You know, they, they, they're not just doing a 5K run every day. It's yeah. admirable to do that when you've got children you've got a wife james you've got you know full-time yeah. job you're podcasting to just get anything in is so you really make me feel good i said i gotta hang out with you more <laughs> <laughs> I, I can be nice to anybody don't worry. <laughs> no but it, it's true like you, you're not comparing like for yeah. like are you but, so. that, but that's the problem with instagram right we don't we, we're just looking at it's it's almost tied around things you like to do you know the cooking things the exercise things and whatever the eating and you got you got to constantly put the other filter on. Is this like for like? Where's the photos of, you know, the the mid 40, 50 people doing these things? And hey, we're not seeing those. Why aren't we seeing them? Well, because they all look like us, and they don't want to put those photos. You know, and it's like, oh, okay, hold on. That's a. That, I think that to me is what somewhere along the line that flicks off, and that you know compare like for like. And I think as well, you always have to remember, and it's what I, you know, I always think is that everyone has their beef. So <laughs> you can look at somebody that you think, and this is for everybody, like you can look at somebody that you think is perfect, but everyone has got their beef, yeah. you know, and it's, it's true. Like, um, nobody's life's perfect and I hope people are happy, but as long as you're yeah. happy, that should be all that matters. That's, that's Gary V, right? That's uh, Gary Vaynerchuk. That's his, you ever watch is any? It, no, no. Oh, you could follow him on, on LinkedIn or Instagram. Well, he may me feel good yeah he will okay yeah. well, I'll, I'll but he that. swears a little bit so just make sure the boys aren't listening if okay. you're listening to an uncensored one he drops f-bombs pretty much it's every right. sentence they'll learn those words from my yeah. family at home <laughs> so don't worry. i had that with my with my boys at one point when my my in-laws would come over and and they they you know there, there are days they talk like a truck driver and uh <laughs> they left and then one day that the dog's out barking in the yard and and the little boy this is like they're like four Little boys out there, and I hear him shouting at the top of his lungs with a few f bombs in there <gasps> for the dog no to. Way. Yeah, the dog and, and my wife and I both stopped. And said, did you hear what I got? And then he did it again. And we come in. I was like, "What are you? What are you saying?" So, well, that's how that's how Grandma says it. <laughs> it's so hard because it's quite funny as well, but it's you don't totally want to laugh. You don't want to laugh. <laughs> it's like, yeah, well, you don't use those words, even though Grandma might use those words. You don't use those words. Oh, okay. My <laughs> mum used to always warn me, so my mum and dad don't swear, but some of my mum's family do, and she'd take me aside, and she'd be like, now, Jenny, you're going to hear some words. I don't want you to repeat them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and every time, like, we went a lot when I was was younger, but every single time we got the warning. Yeah, it was like... So but back to the exercise. So what's your kind of exercise routine working now? You got the two I, boys, you're working, you got the husband, you got your podcasting and doing a million things. So what's your, what's um, your routine? I, so I, I vary. So I've started doing a little bit of CrossFit. Um, but I still, also, are you still sticking to it? Yeah, no, I like it. I've only, I haven't been as much recently because I've been in the UK. So yeah. my gym doesn't have CrossFit in the UK. Um, but I also... But you have a gym in the UK that you're going to too. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, I've got a cover all bases. <laughs> And in fact, the lady who I absolutely adore, um, my trainer back in the UK, she gives me a program to follow as well in the, in, in Dubai. Oh, nice. So currently I asked for this month, I really fancy just, um, sort of doing a few more weights and like really trying to build up resist resistance training. Um, I really have grown to like totally love the weights actually. Okay. Yeah. It makes you feel quite powerful when you're, you're, you're lifting yeah, weights. Yeah. So um, I'm doing that more so this month. Um, and then probably next month, I'll get back into doing a mixture of between, I normally do a mixture between sort of 
two sessions a week weights and then a mixture of CrossFit and um, Muay Thai boxing. Okay. I'm, I'm a tomboy at heart. You said before <laughs> you, you were surprised that I like trauma. I'm, I'm a proper tomboy. I just okay. like glittery things as well. Yeah, yeah. You're, so that's, but you're, where do you fit all this in? Uh, it's, it's hard. Yeah. This is why I'm, I feel knackered. <laughs> Which is, look it. <laughs> which is but which is the other pro- challenge we it's not a problem necessarily but it's a challenge we face is that we've got all these things we want to do oh I know and we need to have some downtime trying to I know I know that's the point is 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 not getting enough downtime however but downtime doesn't mean you're sleeping it just means downtime but downtime at the moment for me is I've just discovered I've gone back to watch the first series of Game of Thrones I never watched it. And yeah. I've decided that I don't need a social life for the next <laughs> few weeks because I'm just really enjoying watching it. I've never watched any Game of Thrones either. So my oh, wife, James my, my wife's a little to. bit on me about this because she wants to, she used to watch it. And then we, I, I stopped doing the radio show and she's going, but that's when I used to watch Game of Thrones. And now you're home. And she says, I haven't watched any Game of Thrones because you're home and you haven't watched Game of Thrones. So I said, well, maybe we just need to you know, binge watch a little bit, I'll catch up and, and we'll we'll go or or just start again and just start fresh and well, that's that's what my James has done because I okay. I'm married to James and he's he was in the same sort of position whereas he'd watched a bit. So he's gone back to the beginning and he's watching it with me. Ah. So he's totally hooked again. I'm totally hooked. And it's quite a stressful watch actually. I wouldn't say it's particularly <laughs> downtime, but it's addictive. <laughs> and that's what we do to chill out. Game of Thrones a stressful watch. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Mm. Just watch one episode and you'll understand what. Well, I mean. There's a lot of blood and other stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Luckily, I'm not too squeamish. So. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Well, that's good. I mean, downtime is the key. I mean, I, if a patient came in to see me, I wouldn't be recommending television as downtime. It should be doing things like reading a book, going to the gym, going for a walk, just yeah. just something or something that you just really enjoy doing. Something uh, really enjoy doing. How's your uh, soft drink uh, stuff going? I know you. <laughs> <laughs> I've, got, I've got a diet coke in my bag is that what you mean i don't know because you you've had some issues with soft drinks over the years it's a problem james <laughs> that's what you said no it really is i mean i'm I, and it's i've met a few people that have got the same thing so i'm totally addicted to carbonated caffeine uh-huh. don't drink tea don't drink coffee i drink water or I drink diet coke um, and I used to drink Diet Red Bull and I'll occasionally let myself have that. Is there such thing as Diet Red Bull? Yeah, I mean, really? it's so bad. It's, it's <laughs> so just, bad for you. Like, I, hey, hats off to the Red Bull guys. I, I like the stuff they do, but... but it's I, so tasty. I, I just, no, I don't I don't like the Ooh, taste of Red so, Bull at all. It's so, so, so tasty. Really? I love it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Glenn Powers over there with probably got a Red Bull somewhere. He has, he's just hidden it in his pocket. <laughs> he's hiding it. I've got, I've got a Diet Coke here, I wouldn't worry. I mean, uh, like, as I say, I'm looking at you now, enviously. <laughs> yeah. like, but I'm yeah. allowed one a day but now. It's a self-inflected rule. Self-inflected what were you rule. doing with, in the soft drink market before? Put it this way, <laughs> I would go you're in. You're holding a hand, you've got ten know. fingers, you're going, yeah, <laughs> and you're putting, yeah, maybe within another five over there. So I would go into work, um, and, and funnily enough, in the A&E department I work in back at home, they've all got addictions to Diet Coke, and I find it really interesting that they do. But um, I was hiding them, so I would have a separate bag that I would hide, because I didn't want people to know how many wow. I was having. And I, I actually don't even know how many, but a dozen? It was a lot. Did you hit a dozen? I don't think so. I'd like to think not. Who knows? Half a dozen? Six? It definitely six was in there. Oh, I, I think maybe a bit more, yeah. Diet, though. Um, yeah, but that's sometimes they, but they that's consider got, that That's worse. got some other stuff in there. It's then. got lots of aspartamine, sweeteners. Yeah. And, and wow. what's stupid is I'm so funny about having sweeteners in anything I eat. And yeah. yet I will, have, I will allow myself to have it in a Diet Coke. Interesting, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, I will never let my boys drink them as, as far as I can until they're old and they tell me what to do. It, you know what? And I, I, We did that with our boys. And to this day we would go places and, and, and you know, we, Hey, look, we didn't hide them from McDonald's and that they, they would obviously have a happy meals or whatever meals. But to this day, when they have the option of a soda or water and they say, well, it comes with it. And it says, yeah, I'll just have water. My boys will, they'll just say, I'll just have water. That's so good. Yeah. And oh, they'll have the wonderful. occasional soft drink, but very rarely. I mean, my youngest never, he just, he just doesn't like it. And, yeah. and my oldest, uh, he'll have occasional Coke, but otherwise, you know, one, and it might be in a week. And then otherwise, yeah, yeah, I'll just have water. That's so funny because when I was little, I used to just drink water. Yeah. And I think other parents used to think it was really odd because they'd say, do you want some orange juice or apple juice or do you want some pop? And I'd be like, no, I just want mm. water. And then I think it was when I was about 15, I got I got the taste and then that was it. Like no going back. Yeah. And it's since I had the boys, I've knocked it down to one That's because 
it's like no i need to be i need to be alive to, i'm just drinking sparkling water these days man i go yeah, through a case of these things and yes it's, so i don't drink any soft drinks at all just sparkling water do you have a soda stream no i don't but i do need to get one of those things yeah because I, probably when we're back home we'll, we'll do something like that but just just because i have to say this because i am here um as the medical um person giving advice but um there is a there are there is data that suggests potentially sparkling water can cause osteoporosis because oh, really? sometimes the carbon dioxide reacts with the oh, calcium that's um, good to know i didn't know that yeah now it's it, it's a, in debate yeah um because other places say that it other than giving you like maybe a little bit of irritation in your stomach nothing will happen yeah. but i do like sparkling water and i use it as effectively like an e-cigarette for okay. Um, for Diet Coke. Yeah. So I will have a sparkling water in place of it and, and, and it's got to be better than Diet Coke anyway. <laughs> <laughs> ah, it's, and this is the other side, right? So for all these things, even the good things, there can be a bad thing part to it. The, I think <sighs> everything has got a cost, doesn't yeah. it? Everything. And you pick your poison in life. Yeah. So unless you're just drinking plain water and, and eating vegetables all day and even someone will come in and say you need to get more protein well, the, 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 you yeah. can't do anything perfectly well, what was the one i heard today they were talking about so a, a, a girl with a severe allergy to peanuts and so they're very cautious about the food she eats and she was in a grocery store and she had a piece of salami and had a serious reaction because the salami is now, they're starting to use pea protein, like pea powder. Yes. And I guess peas, uh, peanuts, and there's three other things are very closely related in that. Yeah. And so there's so much, they're using pea powder in some of these things as fillers. And she had a, she had a full-blown allergic reaction, would never have known. And the, and the parents even said, you know, we spent a lot of time looking at things. And they said, oh, that, that powder is also used in a lot in... Um, one of the milks that would be almond milk uses often pea powder in it. And so you got to really look at all the labels and they said, but they never would have thought in a meat product to look at the label. It's, I, I, I do know this story and it's it's so sad because but like, yeah, they've got to be so so careful because um, I didn't even know that peanuts are uh, actually like a, a, leg, a legume as yeah. opposed to yeah. a, a nut. Um, and therefore, yeah, there is cross-contamination. A lot of people that are allergic to peanuts, are, yeah, can be allergic I don't to even these. When did these peanut allergies actually start? Because I remember going to school, a high school, and I'm not that old, but I, I took peanut butter and jelly or peanut butter and, and honey or peanut butter and banana sandwiches every day. Like, all I ate was peanut butter. But allergies generally are on mm -hmm. the rise, aren't they? Yeah. Along with asthma, and it's because of too much sterilization, alcohol everywhere you go. Um, the more exposed you are to germs and bacteria when you're younger, the less likely you are to have allergies. Yeah, there we go. My brother used to always have me face in the mud, so that's probably why. <laughs> why you, you can eat your peanut butter sandwiches. <laughs> All right, Jenna. You know we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna wrap things up for now. Uh, where do we want to go next time? Are we gonna meet next week? Oh, I'm, I'm up for okay, it. Okay, cool. So what do what do we uh, we'll we'll talk? Anything on your mind at this point that you're saying? Well, you you're keen to talk about cosmetics. Yeah, so, yeah. Okay, uh, let's I do think a whole show go down on, that road. Yeah, did that you road, did you yeah. have a friend you wanted to try bring with you? For I that? can do. Yeah. Do you want to try that? Shall we? Yeah, let's yeah. do it. Let's do it. We'll talk cosmetics. Everything and anything about cosmetics, A to Z. Let's do the full gamut, a okay. whole hour. Or, or more. We'll see where it goes. <laughs> all right. Thanks for Do it all again really soon. Dr. Jenna, Doc Talk. You've been listening to Doc Talk, a Podaholics podcast with Dr. Jenna Burton and myself, James Pikeway, coming to you from the Rove Hotel, downtown Dubai. I gotta tell you, it's been an awesome show. Sleep was on the agenda. If you want to find out more about what we're doing and get in touch, Podaholics with a K at gmail.com or hit us up on the socials, Podaholics with a K. Thanks for listening. Share the link. So long for now. <laughs>